Are you ready for your customers to know, like, and trust you? Well, email marketing is by far the most effective way of achieving that. And I've partnered with Aweber to give you a completely free 90-day trial. So get started today at excellence-expected.com forward slash Aweber and use the code EXEX. Hello and welcome to session five of the Straight Talking Guide to launching your first product. This session is entitled Blue Tack and Sellotape, putting your product together on a shoestring. And in this session, I'm joined by my great friend, Mr. Adam Farrow, who's going to help me talk to you about why jumping into spending months and a lot of dollars developing a bespoke product isn't always the best choice. We're going to talk about what you can do with existing online services, existing technology and apps to prove your concept. We're going to talk to you about how to create mini experiments using this currently available technology to prove whether or not a feature that you're considering building is worthwhile and why the approach of using existing and available services gives you actually much more control in the short term without tying your product up for the long term. And we're going to touch on why it's all right for your product not to be perfect. It's all right for it not to be perfect. It's actually more important to just get it into the hands of some trusted users. And as with every single session in this guide, there is a free resource available to help you with carrying out the actions and the tasks that we talk about during the session. So to get this free template, to get this free resource, head to excellence-expected.com. And by virtue of grabbing this resource, you're actually going to open up access to two bonus sessions. The first of which discusses some of the world's biggest and best growth hacks from the world's finest founders and entrepreneurs. The second of which, well, it's going to teach you that it's all right if things don't quite go as planned and what to do if your launch doesn't go as you expected. So please check that out. All of that content, all these resources are free at excellence-expected.com. So let's dive in. This is session five, blue tack and sellotape, putting your product together on a shoestring. I am working for a company called ZazuAfrica.com. Um, they connect smallholding farmers to large-scale suppliers um, to get a better deal and to um, basically make a better living. So I'm working as CTO with those at the minute. Um, that's really good, really interesting stuff. Um, they're breaking ground. But obviously, I came from um, Cavalry and Pip as CTO before. Nice, nice. And we've done a couple of those two projects together. Obviously, we went through Ignite together and been through an accelerator building building products to a degree out together on that base as well. And you've, you're obviously very much on the technical side. You, you are CTO of those businesses. You're very much embedded in the technology. So let's start with, obviously, you guys listening out there will be thinking, okay, I've got to put this product together. I've got this idea. I'm, I'm, I'm generating this product maybe for the first time. And certainly in my mind, there are two distinct ways of doing that. There's diving in and assuming and building something that we believe people want. And there's going through this process that we've gone through with Ash and talking about the customer conversations and with Phil and Kai talking about the branding and actually really trying to experiment with that and, and figure out what people really, really, really want. Um, I feel personally, we've probably done both of those. Cavalry was one and Pip was 
the other version, wasn't it? So tell the cavalry story. Let's let's talk on that for a second. Tell that. So the um, the problem with the the build of cavalry, the tech side of cavalry, was I went in with an assumption of what I thought the product should be, and um, I didn't do much validation on the assumption, and I just built. So I spent a good um, nine months, probably, maybe even 12 months, um, iterating through what I thought the product had to be before I even released it to a customer, before I even sent any screenshots to any customers. And um, that, was a, that was a big mistake because I just, I didn't, I was building something that I wanted and, and that's not the company, kind of company that I tried to create. I wanted to build something that the customer wanted, relied on, needed. Um, and it was just it was just build work, it was just constant build, and it was build in the face of every other responsibility that you should have had when you were building a business as well. Um, and then it came to release date, and I pushed it out to the App Store, and we got a couple hundred people downloading it, but that, that wasn't anywhere near enough. And I think the reason was we didn't listen to any customers, and we just tried to build it, you know. Whereas... With Pip, what we did is we did a lot more customer validation before we'd even written a line of code. And actually, we had products before we'd even written a line of code as well. So with Pip, we um, we spoke to the customers. So we did the old mom test. Um, we found out what they wanted or what we um, what they were telling us that they wanted, which I think is an important distinction because people don't always know exactly what they want. Um, so we found out what we uh, what they told us that they wanted, and we didn't want to waste loads of time like we did on cavalry. We wanted to be quick, be as lean as possible, and you know try and nail this early on or fail fast. So with Pip, we we found a quite a special way of doing that, which we'll talk about as it goes on. But um, two completely two, you know polar opposites in in terms of how we 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 came about with a, an end product. It was. It was interesting when we were doing PIP. If you guys check out, just head over to excellence-expected.com and check out the Startup Diaries. Do a, a search in the search bar for Startup Diaries because we were documenting this accelerator process, weren't we? We were going through that and, and about halfway through, you'll see the images change from Cavalry to PIP. And in the early days of, of PIP, we spoke to maybe 100 people in about four days. Yeah, well, it was it was, it was... it was pretty much everybody that we had in our contacts book on the phones and we just we'd just spend days just going through and speaking to them it was it was interesting as well because the way that we approached it and obviously this is this is back from the session talking about customer conversations is that we we didn't go in assuming so with cavalry the idea was very solid and you know for you guys out there generating your first product it's very much okay i've got an idea and here's something that i'd use and here's how I want to build it for myself, which is what happened with Cavalry, isn't it? That's that's that was the process, wasn't it? It was continually adding features that we thought would be really nice. Yeah, the, the, you, you hear a lot of, uh, and, and this is the wrong advice: build it, and they will come. Um, and I think one thing that sort of aggregates that that teaching is all of these stories that you hear of people building a product that they wanted, which is great. I mean, you know, you you. If you don't want something, you're not going to work at it. And if you don't want something, you're not going to build it with the passion that you should be building it with. So you, you, you should do that, absolutely. But you should also keep in mind the customer. 
you know, I, I think you should, you should keep the customer in mind. Um, but I think one of the things that we'll talk about as this goes through is you don't need to do that right at the beginning. You can iterate and you can move forward and you can you can learn a lot from the mistakes that you will and sh- probably should make along the way. Yeah, there's there's a lot of importance in that, you know, for anyone that's familiar with a lean startup, for even you guys, if you're not familiar with a lean startup, regardless of whether, I believe, whether you're creating an online course, whether you're creating a content product, whether you're creating an app or a service or, a, you know, a, a, a I don't even think I'm allowed to say traditional startup, but the idea that you, you're creating a, a technological product as well. The lean startup has very big lessons for anyone in there around this experimentation. And that's that was the big thing that was missing from Cavalry in, in the early days was there was product, but there was no testing. Um, and it was all based on assumptions that we would use the product. We knew we, knew we would use the product and we had the idea for the product and... You know, you very specifically had this this vision of what it would be and what it would become. And actually, the app, the software is 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 fantastic. And it's actually, and this comes back to the customer conversation: is the problem big enough for people to pay for? Yeah, and and I think one of the main things with Cavalry as well was um, is is the is the company too new for people to trust? I think that I think that's another thing that it came down to. Um, but if we'd have gone through a lean. Lean startup product development cycle, we'd have known early on that probably we'd have a lot more work to do to get them to trust us. Um, and those learnings only come with failing, um, and they only come with starting really, really small, the absolute lowest common MVP that you can get out, and then moving your way up. Which is exactly where you guys listening now are. are, are are at you know you've got this idea you've got this this notion that you want to create something that you've got the idea for it and that you would use it and adam and i have gone through this process we've made that mistake and we we very quickly what four weeks into into ignite accelerator four or five weeks yeah yeah we we sort of put that to bed and it's an interesting one what would had you had the knowledge of this in i don't know the year before going through ignite so what's that, 2015, when you were doing all this building, what would you have done differently? Would you have built all that out? What would you have done differently? I wouldn't have built it all out. Absolutely no way. Because I think one of the, one of the most difficult things to do as a startup is to, is to build what you think the full suite of tools is to do. It's, well, it's not, it's not that it's the most difficult. It's just it's the most time-consuming and the least rewarding in terms of customer conversation. So I would have had a lot – I would have had a – a serious look at how I could start at the smallest scale. So I, I, I went to a talk about this the other day with uh, some of the Ignite guys and um, Martin Davis, the program director for London, had this great illustration and it's about what an MVP should really look like. And if you think that your end product should be a car, your MVP, your version 001 MVP should be a skateboard. Because it's all about, you know, the, the end game is transport. So I would have looked very, very hard at what we were trying to get out of cavalry or what we were trying to prove early on. And I would have just traced back and tried to build the skateboard. You know, whether that was, um, and this is just off the top of my head, but whether that was just, you know, a text line that somebody could call if they didn't have any cover and we could have sent them some help out as a friendly face, you know, that would have been fine. That would have got the, the end goal of getting the customer rescued in a breakdown situation would have still been fulfilled had the 
done it that way or through the app. Um, I would have thought seriously about that. I would have thought, what steps can I take that is just absolutely the most minimal effort for, for us as a business and for the customer as well and, um, and still have the same outcome of getting help? I really like that example. That I really like that example. Build the skateboard. That's a really, really powerful image as well to have in your mind if you're creating the product. Isn't you think it? skateboard, and then you think you've got, you know, I don't know, um, a, a bike, you know, a bicycle, and then you've got a motorcycle, and a box got, car. Oh. It's like off Karate Kid. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> Back to the Future. You don't know his eighties. I don't know my eighties. <laughs> um, even though he's dressed like he's from eighties. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you've, you've you've got this image of of. Um, of the end game in mind and you, and you keep that image in mind, but you have to start really small. So you do have to start with that skateboard. And then when, just, when the skateboard's been proven, you move on to the bicycle and so on and so forth. That, I do I do think that's really, really powerful image. So the point that we're trying to make there, guys, and the reason that we sort of started on this note for the first 10, 15 minutes is that the biggest fear that I believe that you have creating any product, whether it's a service product, whether it's a physical product, whether it's a tech product, whether it's just creating your own content, the biggest problem is that it's this. it feels like this big insurmountable challenge because you've got to build all this stuff. You've got to build this massive thing that you assume that people want. And obviously, having gone through this guide and you've spoken to your customers, you know how to communicate them because you've nailed your branding down. The idea that you have to suddenly build all of this out, you have to got to build this big, big, what you in your mind is this perfectly finished product, that can be a real stopper because where the heck do you start with it's that? It's daunting. It really is. There's too much to do, isn't there? If you if you were to think about it, like if you think at the beginning of 2015 when you would start building cavalry, if someone was to say to you, right, at the end of 2015, you will have built all of this stuff. Wow, well, that's a big old to-do list. It is, but um, but it's missing the important things off. You know, it's it, it is a big daunting thing. And I think the way you've structured this uh, this season is right. You know, you you've you've come on to session. Five are we, um, and I think that's about the right the right place to pitch this because you've got to do all that pre work first before you come into the build and 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 while you're doing all that pre work you might you might have in the back of your mind that there's some build work that needs doing actually you know we've got these ideas for this product when you really need this product where the hell do we start with it and and I think we'll have some useful tips uh, on on this session to go through where you will start with it. Really, um, what I would like to do is talk about the journey of Pip and how we made that a really simple... I mean, we knocked it up in 10 minutes. It was quick. It was a train journey, wasn't it? It was super quick and it was super rewarding. And we got so much out of it. And actually, we we, we, we did convert our super quick 10-minute hack um, into some code later on. So that 10 minutes that we talked about, that was no code. That was just using websites completely free. Um. But we did decide to convert it later on, but that's because we were going through some some big changes um, on it. But we didn't have to. We could have stuck with the free version for, for forever, really. You know, until until we until we needed to sort of like really up its game and turn it into what, what the end product was going to be. But um, yeah, it's daunting. But I think at the end of this, we'll hopefully you'll go away feeling a lot better about about knowing where to go to build something yourself not having to hire another dev, which is another big problem that people have. Where can I find a great dev? You don't need one just yet. You know, if you've got a friend that knows a little bit, brilliant. He might know some great websites for you to link things together. But you don't need a dev right now. You can do this on your own. That That's a, a huge point. And, and the, the real key thread throughout all of this is that 
there's nothing stopping you getting started. Whether you're a coder, whether you're not a coder, whether you're a brand guy, whether you're an ideas person, whether you're someone that's currently working in an office and have never done this thing before. As long as you are literate with a computer, which you are because you've downloaded a podcast, then you you have the skills that you need to start putting an MVP product together, regardless of what it is. And just to draw a line under Cavalry then, I'm conscious that we've spoken about Cavalry. If you want more information on Cavalry, head over to excellence-expected, search for startup diaries or visit cavalryapp.com. Um, that's going to give you some context around what we've been talking about there and what the product is. You can even download that on the App Store. Uh, head over to the App Store and download Cavalry because you'll see the product and you'll see exactly what it is and what it does. And uh, that's where we started. So to draw a line under that one then, we pivoted away from Cavalry maybe four or five, wing, four or five weeks four or five winks into <laughs> into the accelerator program the ignite accelerator and we had the idea for pip on a sunday and we sort of specced it out on a train and on monday morning we had the, the broad outline of a product and i'm going to hand over to you now because we we knew what we needed to achieve and we knew what experiments we needed to put in place and the conversations we needed to have and the things we needed to test to validate whether this could be a business. But the real interesting thing about PIP was how it was put together technically. And this, for you sat there wanting to launch your own product or your own service, this should give you a massive, massive boost because you're about to find out that you don't need to spend a pile of money. You don't need to be a developer. You don't need to build the entire product. So Adam, tell us tell us a little bit about that. What what was the process and what did we do? So once we'd done all of that validation, as we said, went through the contact books and um, spoken to everybody, we we'd, we had an idea of what we wanted to build. And um, what do you think? I'm not sure we would have probably gone down this route had we not been pushed by the program directors. We might, I might have, because I'm a code monkey at heart, I would have probably gone through a dev process and taken a few weeks to do this but uh, martin that program director took me to one side and said look i'll be furious if you write a line of code you've got this validation you know what you're going to build go onto a website link these things together so i started having a dig on the web and there is an amazing website out there called zapier and it's zapier not zapier and if you've ever used something like um, If This Then That, it's it's the same sort of idea. If you've not, download If This Then That onto your, uh, onto your smartphone. It's available for most of them. And it'll give you an idea of the kind of things that you can do with Zapier. So really high level, it will take a service that you know and love that you might use already. Something like Gmail or calendars or something like that. And it will allow you to link it in a process flow. So... What we did with PIP is we knew that we wanted PIP to be text-based. So we wanted people to text in, and we wanted to be able to reply to them ourselves really quickly, um, log everything, and when somebody says that they've got a birthday, which is the idea we settled on for this experiment, um, that goes into the calendar. So we were a concierge service at this point, weren't we? The, the idea was that we were going to, for the busy people of the world, guys like you and me, we were solving our own problem, we would... We would stop people forgetting birthdays and give them gift suggestions and help them basically look like a superstar yeah. on the birthdays that ordinarily guys like you and me would would forget. Yeah, well, it, it came from Valentine's Day. We'd, we'd ruined Valentine's Day for our wives. And uh, <laughs> and um, and we thought, you know what, it'd be brilliant if somebody could do this for us. So we, we sort of stepped in and, and wanted to be that for the people. And the experiment that we settled on was, was birthdays because everybody's got one and, you know, 
it, it'll be quite an easy um, an easy thing to validate. So the process was somebody would text Pip and they would tell us about a birthday. Uh, so who's, whose birthday this was, when it was, and they would list a few things that that person liked. And we did all of this. So we managed to converse with the customer, sat on our computer in Slack, which is a tool for team messaging. We managed to hack that through this Zapier product. The customer texts us in, and we just reply to them. And as soon as they've got a birthday, that goes straight into the calendar. And we used Zapier. And Zapier is super easy. So you select the type of interaction that you want. So in our case, we just selected SMS because we knew people were going to SMS. It gives you a mobile number. So you get a mobile number with Zapier if you select this SMS integration. We then said, okay, once you've texted this number, what do you want to do next? What's the next step in this flow? So we said the next step was send this information to Slack. So just send us it as a direct message to Slack. And then it said, okay, well, when you write back in Slack, what do you want that to do? So we said, we'll just send a, send a text message back. And that was sort of the text messaging, text messaging taken care of. So we could converse with our customers. It I mean, they loved it. They loved it. It was like an invisible app. We were just on their phone. Text rate, texts have a great response rate. I mean, in the high 90s. Um, so we knew we, we, we had a good routine to getting customers there. What we didn't have was a way to link the calendars and for a way to link the birthdays together. So we just created another integration in Zapier. As soon as somebody tells us about a birthday, we write this command in Slack and it saves it to our Google Mail calendar. And then we link Google Mail to our phones and we can see when there's a, when there's a, a birthday coming up. And it was it was it was it was that easy. I mean, you know, there's a reason we create this in ten minutes. It was literally select a program, select what you want it to do. Um, the only thing we had to do was um, sign up. So to put that into context, that is a. It was genuinely done that quickly once we'd validated what we wanted to test. So there's a few things to kind of pick out from that. The first one is the idea of this experimentation. We, when you say the birthday experiment, that was our big validation test of of. of Proving to us that our assumption that people wanted help with something like this and that they would use a service like this. And we, we having learned the lessons from Cavalry, we knew that we couldn't build something. Yeah, we could have built a web dashboard. We could have built a website for this thing. We could have built all sorts of different integrations and cool little affiliate links and links to all sorts of different places. And we could have built um, management systems for ourselves. That would be the cool thing to do as a, as a pair of geeks, really. Um, but instead, and this is the point that I really want to drive home to you guys, is that we figured out what we wanted to test, which was, will people actually care enough to use this service? And trust us enough. For sure, yeah, because it's a birthday. You know, that's why we chose birthdays, actually, because it's it's the level, it's the, uh, just about the right level of trust, isn't it? You know, you need someone trustworthy, but if you get it wrong, it's not quite the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. That's about right, isn't it? And so just to, just to sort of pick back up on that, then, we... We wanted to test whether people would use this for birthdays. We chose SMS as the channel because it's very, it's very high response rate, very high open rate, and it's pretty easy to, to to just get set up using Zapier. It's very simple. So what what did we spend on that experiment? Just roughly, what did we spend on that? Oh, on the thirty day experiment, we spent something like well, actually, we didn't spend a penny. We signed up with Twilio. Uh, and Twilio is an SMS uh, a messaging company, and we got some. We managed to get some free credits out of them. Now we did have some free credits as part of the accelerator, but they didn't come through until later. So 
Um, the Twilio credits we just got from speaking to them very nicely, saying we were doing an experiment. Can you give us a little something? Um, you know, we're expecting maybe a thousand people to come through. You know, we just we just put that figure high. So we spent a- absolute zero. Zapier was free. There is a paid for tier with Zapier where you can do more integrations and you can do more linking, but we didn't need it. Um, Slack was free. It was just it was it was completely free, and we managed to prove the product and move on from it and 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 put a big tick mark next to that experiment um, for for zero pence. Validated instantly using using no money whatsoever. And not only that, but we we brought money in, so we were adding value to people. So we we'd actually part of this experiment was not just to see if people would trust us to give people to give us somebody's birthday it was do they trust us enough to supply a gift for that person or sort out a restaurant or whatever and they did you know i mean we had actually once the experiment had ended we were still having people texting us asking us for help um which is a great thing to to have uh once you validated a product and you close that experiment out people saying actually can you still help me out with this thing um and again all that came about with zero spend yeah it w- it's it, it was really really good to see the amount of people that we got in from that and the the great thing was that yes we made money on that and to be super clear on this guys genuinely there wasn't much revenue but we were in positive figures against a product that we'd come up with on a Sunday evening on a train journey back down to London and let's just again to be super clear on this let's be let's be really really clear on this this is a personal concierge service for people that they could use from day one, all built using free tools and without spending a penny. And the reason that I say that is that if you take the first part of that sentence, a personal concierge service, and you're sat there thinking to yourself, I've got this idea, I've got this 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 idea for this product, this online service, or this content, or whatever, it's going to feel huge. If we just said to ourselves, we're going to build a personal concierge service, that feels massive. Yeah, again, it's daunting. It really is. Again, yeah, to-do lists are huge. Everything's it's this big mountain. It's, you know, y- y- how do you even start with that? That's the question that will face you at that point. And we we just broke it down and said, what can we do for free? What's the biggest assumption that we've got? Let's test that using some free tools. And actually, at that point, do you believe, let's say that we weren't on Ignite. Do you believe at that point, with that experiment, with that MVP, having spent no money whatsoever, had we applied to an accelerator? we would have stood a fair decent chance of getting on? I think we just I think we just stood a good chance because we we managed to in thirty days create a product, you know, to the outside world we had a fully fledged product that felt just as sweet and nice as the product that we ended up coding later on. Um we managed to generate revenue. We'd had really good growth. Um what was it? Something like it was it was high. I mean it was in the Fifteen percent growth. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there was a week on week. There was a lot. Yeah, it was up there. Some weeks it was twenty twenty five percent in the early days. And this is just from the UK. I mean, we were we were stopping people from other countries texting, not on purpose. Um, you know, we just we just forgot to tick a box in in Zapier. We did actually do that. We put it on product hunt, which again um, was interesting because it we had a really good response from that, but we actually didn't get much benefit because you're right, we didn't have the US numbers enabled, which was classic. That's that's a classic. Yeah, how do we 
How do we run businesses again? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but again, it's a mistake that you've got to make to know next time, you know, it's going to be the forefront of your mind. Right, let's not make this, this mistake again. And it's probably going to open you, open you up to other ideas. You know, it's like reading a book is make a mistake. You, you learn a lot from it that's uh, outside of just the scope of the simple mistake you made. Um, but yeah, I think we would have stood a really good chance. Um, you know, if they're, if they're listening to this now, they might disagree. But we had everything lined up well. You know, we'd done it in, I mean, 10 minutes. Uh, you'll agree with this. The The most time-consuming part of that experiment was fulfilling the promise that we'd made to the customers. And and that was it. And it was, it was a joy. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I, I remember when we launched on Product Hunt, you know, I was up until the early AMs, you know, trying to literally just answering texts back. And we had a we had a pretty sweet way of, of dealing with texts. You know, we had a, um, a, a simple response. But, God, we were getting so much traffic. It was unreal. Um, and it was such a great feeling to just think, my God, this took, this, 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 this took no time and this, this cost absolutely nothing. And here we are with a pretty well-validated product that was getting well upvoted on. What did we end the day on? Was it number I can't three? Remember, yeah, we we got pretty high on that. I remember we were miffed because something launched, and betters, which on ordinarily on any other day wouldn't have done. Yeah, it was a bot framework. Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so we we were a little bit miffed on that day, but we did really well off that one, and that that kind of segues into a really nice point because we. We validated the idea. We actually had product using free services. And the, in the pre-interview chat, Adam and I were talking about, you know, this is very much a technology product. It's very much a technology project. But you don't have to just be creating a technology product to use these free kind of services, whether it's an online course, whether it's, even if it's just a podcast or something that you're thinking, this is my first product, it's a product of me, I'm creating this thing. You, you use tools that are already there. You don't have to spend a fortune. Like There's nothing stopping you getting started, but it's about, for me, it's very much around, we knew what we needed to test, the assumption that people would use it, and then we bolted together this free kit, which, you know, Something like WordPress, if you're creating a site, something like, um, I don't know, again, WordPress, even again, if you're creating a podcast, you know, you can get a, a cheap 40 quid microphone. Or if you're creating a product, something like Zapier with Dropbox and Slack, these are all free things. And the point that I'm getting to is the idea that the only time that we started writing something, so compared to Cavalry, which is started writing from day one, we were building something from scratch from day one. The only time that we started coding something was when we identified a potentially stopping pain point, which was that we can't get text messages back to people quick enough, so we need to build something for Slack, which even in that case was only a small slash command. So just let's dig into that for a second. Tell us a little bit about, about that next step and why we did that. So well, there are a couple of, um, there are a couple of things that set it off. So... Um, the first thing was, and this is this is us being really tight, is that we were starting to hit the limits of what Zappy would us, would allow us for free, um, and we really didn't want to pay that fifteen pound a month because that would have meant no food. We were that skinned, um, and and the other thing was 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 like you said, it was it was, couldn't get them couldn't get the text messages back quick enough. So there's a Zapier, it's not like an automatic, you know, as soon as somebody texts you, boom, it comes into Slack. There's a bit of a delay there. And we wanted real time. So um, the fact that we were hitting the limits of what we could get for Zapier f 
from Zapier for free, the fact that we couldn't reply instantaneously, and also the fact that we'd we would been on Product Hunt and we were getting a lot of traffic meant that I mean, I, any excuse for me, but I, I said to Matt, look, we need to start building something here and we're going to build it modular enough that we can start adding integrations into other things. Um, now, I think the keyword there is modular. So I started off not wanting to go straight, you know, straight into the integrations. It was just, let, let's copy what we've got currently and let's make it a little bit more scalable and let's make it a bit more real time. Again, I, I did start writing code, but it was all for free. So we got free credits from Amazon. You can get, you know, if, if you are a developer, if you know a developer, they'll know that you can get a year free service from Amazon Web Services. Absolutely no cost. This, all the software that we used to write was free. So again, this was a completely free way to build it. Um, but the, 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 the real issue for us, we were just having too much traffic and we were just too tight to spend any money on Zapier, you know. And again, we knocked this up in, what, the next product was knocked up in? few days a week really really quickly yeah it was i think it may have been less than that because when we were in the apartment down there i remember you working on it and it coming it coming very very quickly within a week yeah and the thing is zapier had already laid the groundwork for me to think about to lay, lay everything together anyway um and i think if you remember if i remember rightly we still did use zapier for some stuff but because we weren't getting all the traffic because we weren't pushing all the traffic through the sms we could then link it together on, on the other stuff like calendars and things like that. Um, so that that was the, that was the main reason to be honest with you. It was just because we were tight. Is that fair to say? Really fair to say. And I think we and that's a good thing. That's fair. To, you know, it's good to say that's a good thing. You know, it really is. If you can, we'd we'd, we'd already validated it. You know, we knew that people wanted this, and 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 by that time we were getting revenue through. Yes. We'd, we'd agreed that we weren't going to put a premium on top. So we weren't going to charge anybody for for us to complete the service, to get the birthday gifts for them. You know, I mean, they could have gone and done it themselves if they wanted. All we wanted to do was add some value. We didn't want to make a profit at this stage. Um, so so that it's completely fine to be tight and to be um, to, to put the sole focus on just generating value for, for the customer. I think that's important to say that, you know, you're going to build your customer base up by adding value, not by seeking profit. It's a really important point that, and one of the the big sort of takeaways from my perspective from that, and 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 sort of turning it on its head, like yes, you have to be tight. I think if you go into the into this kind of process with frugality in mind, stands you in better stead because you will not spend unnecessarily when you can spend unnecessarily. You know, when it becomes very easy to see the systems and the platforms and the services, all the bespoke builders that you could do that would be cool, it do, it, it, it does keep you level-headed, I think, with that. I think you, you you touched on a good point earlier on as well. You know, we're talking here about a technology platform, you know, um, because that's what Cavalry was and that's what Pip um, is was. Um, and also that's what Zazu is as well. Um, but you touched on podcasts earlier on. You know, if you want to build a blog then you use something like WordPress. Now, there's a lot of people that will host host WordPress sites for you. Um, I don't know the cost of it, but I know there are people like Squarespace will do free trials. And there are a lot of people who do free trials for you. You know, capitalize on that. You know, do your validation inside of that free trial period. There's nothing to stop you getting the validation that you need in that period. I mean, we did it in a in literally in a week in our eyes and we just carried it on for 30 days because we wanted to see how far we could take it. But if you're podcasting, you know, well, tell us, how did you start with the podcasting? Did you buy all of this huge kit, you know, all the, all this kit that you've got straight away? No, you didn't. 
I'm guessing. No, 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 no. I got the cheapest microphone. In fact, I, I asked Gaz, the guy that got me into podcasting, Gaz, what's the cheapest microphone I can get? And he sent me the cheapest microphone. And you could tell it was the cheapest microphone. But it did two things. It validated, one, that I could actually enjoy this, and two, that people would listen to it. And we'll come on to the point about experimenting and testing later, but they were the two things I wanted to test with podcasting. And same with online courses. Can I actually do this? And are people going to want to learn from me? Yeah. And it, it's this, you know, regardless of whether it's technology platform, a podcast, a content platform, whatever, it's all the same, isn't it? Yeah, the the, the idea stays. You know, idea still works. Uh, you need you, you start out really really small. You validate something. Um, you test it, whatever your test may be. You know, you find out what your key performance indicator is that you're wanting to track, and you validate it or you fail and you try something else. But you've 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 had a really minimal outlay, and you know you've not wasted a year of your life building something that people didn't initially gravitate towards. Yeah, which is a, a huge, huge, huge thing. There's, there are countless people. If you listen to anything. Anything in terms of product dev, whether it's something like a book like um, The $100 Startup or what, something like that, or whether you listen to some of the stories of the startups that are out there and pivoted massively, there are so many tales of people creating things that they thought were fantastic, but actually no one wanted and no one ended up buying because they'd just not done that validation. So let's sort of talk about this experimentation because for me, there's there's a very clear process to this. There's like these, the, there are these loops, there are these feedback loops that you end up going through, which, you know, start with defining an assumption that you're willing to test. Like what's the biggest thing that we're, we're assuming about this and the customer and about the product and what we think is right versus what we think is wrong. And then you test it, create a way to test it, which is where we used Zapier and we used Slack. You know, that was our test. Will people use this? And then there's measure it. And then there is only at that point, if it's worthwhile, do you create something if there's a need based on the outcome of that experiment? That's a, a fair loop, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we we, we sort of colloquialize what, what Eric Rees said is build, build, test, learn, repeat. Uh, and I mean, that's pretty much, that's almost plagiarism from Eric Reese's Lean Startup. But, you know, you've, you've, got, you've got to have that, that feedback loop in place so that you know what kind of progress you're making, you know. And you've learned from Mark's earlier, um, earlier courses that you've got to have the indicator there. So, yeah, you can say build, okay, we use Zapier to build. You test, do the customers want to use it? You learn, but, but what are you learning you know, you need to figure out what what the learning is that you're getting for it. And for for us, it was um, it was about that trust issue. Will people actually use us? Will people respond to us? Will people uh, use us? And then we took the learnings. We um, you know tweaked Zapier a little bit again, completely free. And then we repeated it. You know, so so we repeated, we build, tweak Zapier, test it, push it back out to people, and learn, and just go on so on and so forth. And that word build is, is one that I think fills people with a little bit of fear. Yeah, but build doesn't have to be, you know, getting getting any code whatsoever. You know, we proved that and, and you know, and I, and I hope you at, at home listening to this have figured out that you don't need a developer. You can do these kinds of things, whether it is a technology platform, whether it is a podcast, whether it is a blog. Let's define you starting with absolutely zero product to get an MVP as build. You know, that build can be done really cheap with minimal technical know-how. You know, I mean, the sites like Squarespace and WordPress make this super easy. And, you know, 
things have caught up now where things look so nice, you know, look so professional. Um, and you can do that. I mean, even if it's even if it even if you define your product as as an app, it needs to be an app. It has to be a smartphone app. It has to be something that people have. You know, there are countless things. You just have a look on Product Hunt. You know, there are countless things out there now that you can just drag and drop. You know, like you used to do. I don't know how old your audience is, but like you used to do in um, in PowerPoint and some old Adobe products, you could just drag and drop things in and you know make it all link together. It's the same sort of thing. That's what Zapier is, but you can now do that with apps as well if you want something on on somebody's phone. I miss Dreamweaver too. Oh, Dreamweaver! I've still got it. Have you still got Dreamweaver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pay for it though. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah, of full, course. Full Adobe Suite, so it's a brand new one. Macromedia. <laughs> Macromedia Flash. <laughs> Remember those days. Oh, my word. That's how I learned web. That's uh, Is it? My MVP what, website. Active script or something, was it like something like that? It was, hor- it was horrible. It was it, Action Script. Action Flash. Script, I learned it. Flash first, yeah. and then I went into HTML through Dreamweaver because I didn't know how to embed Flash onto a web page. Wow. That was 04. Wow. Yeah. That, when we were both insane. killing ourselves doing ECDL training. AWeber is an email service provider. We were founded in 1998 and we provide a full suite of web-based email marketing tools so that you can grow your list, you can create and send beautiful emails, and you can also set up email automation, different workflows uh, to automate emails being sent to your subscribers. And this is absolutely crucial for entrepreneurs when they're launching their product because you need to know your audience and they need to know you and start to build a relationship with you. So you can build up anticipation for your product launch. You can promote your product after it's launched. And you can really continue to have the conversation with your subscribers in in a very personal place, which is their inbox. We typically do a 60-day trial. But for this podcast, we're going to be offering a 90-day free trial that's up to 500 subscribers. If you have 500 subscribers on your list. And to get access to that, simply use the code XX, that's E-X-E-X, when you go to sign up for your AWeber account. And you can get all the details on this offer at excellence-expected.com slash AWeber. Listen, for any small business, cash flow is a big, big deal. Knowing what's coming in and what's going out, and more importantly, when, will of course help businesses like mine and like yours to survive. But beautiful accounting software from Zero can actually help your business to thrive. Zero helps small businesses like yours, like mine, to stay on top of their cash flow anytime, anywhere, and from any device. And with over 100,000 UK subscribers alone, it's clear that Zero is the UK's leading cloud accounting software. To try Zero for free for 30 days, head to excellence-expected.com forward slash zero. That is X-E-R-O. Jim Rohn once said that we're the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. And when you start your business, being around the right people can mean the difference between success and failure. The Ignite Accelerator program is a place to focus. It's a place to make lifelong friends and it's a place to create a network ranging from top investors to some of the world's most successful founders and entrepreneurs. How do I know? Because I spent 14 weeks of my own life going through the program and it changed me. It made me into a measurably better entrepreneur. So if you are ready to focus, if you are ready to take your passion and turn it into a real business, then you're ready to take action today and check out this free accelerator program. But hey, don't just take my word for it. Find out for yourself over at excellence-expected.com forward slash ignite. Let's talk about this idea of creating the experiments, this idea 
of specifically how you define what you want to test because that very often defines what you put together in this build phase. Like again with PIP, we knew that, okay, we'll test birthdays because it's the right level of trust, but it's important enough that if it's a real problem, people are going to use it. And we built the technology to facilitate testing against, do people want a concierge service to help them with birthdays that they are going to forget? What's the process that people can go through in defining the first and the second kind of experiments and the first and second kind of tests they need to perform on their platform. So assume that someone's there with an idea, they're not quite know what the first thing is to do. What? How would you approach that? Um, well, you've got to start with the problem that you're trying to solve, you know, and what is, what is the absolute base minimum assumption that you need to prove because that's what you're trying to do with a, with a, with this build test learn repeat cycle is you're trying to you're trying to prove an assumption. So what is the absolute base minimum thing that you have to prove, and how can you put that into people's hands? How can you put it on somebody's radar? Um, so again, I know we talk about PIP quite a lot, but this is this is really where we learned a lot about this uh, about this lean way of doing things um, because we did it so well. Um, but. But for us, it was a case, you know, we've talked about this a lot. It was a case of will people actually use us and will people give us the information that we need to give them value? So we we just thought a lot about what people were saying to us when we were asking them to, you know, when we were doing the mom test on them and we talked about the mom test. Um, you know, there are a lot of huge learnings. If you haven't already read it, you know, read it. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a huge amount of information about that about how to talk to customers and how to really dig into what they want and only through those, through those conversations could we really find out what people actually wanted so you write those down you find the commonalities between them and you think right okay this is, this is sort of like the, the broad outline of what my product is and again to repeat myself you've got to test that base minimum assumption how do I really help that customer and for us it was it was obvious. It was like okay, everybody's got a birthday, you know. I mean, we were we were pointed in this direction. That's fair to say we were pointed in this direction by uh, another one of the program directors. But we were sort of coming at it a bit a bit more of a broad angle, you know. We'll work on occasions. So Valentine's Day was just uh, had just gone, um, you know. So we we got given the idea. Oh, we 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 had the idea of birthdays, and we just said, yeah, this is this is perfect. You know, people will buy people presents. So this is a perfect test of our, ex or this is a perfect place to start with the experiment. Yeah, it's, it's that assumption is, is what is, what's the next barrier that I need to, to get through to get my product into the hands of people and test what the next thing is. And it is, it's very much that unless I can prove that this thing is correct or not correct, I can't possibly move it forward. So in our instance, it, we had that, okay, we're going to kind of assume that people want this concierge and we're going to kind of assume that people are willing to text in. That's our, that, that, was our, that was our base assumption. Our base assumption was people want to use us, people uh, not, yeah, so people want to use us and then people will use us, you know, and the trust came into the will part. You know, we know people want to because we wanted to, you know, um, as productive a person as you can be, if you can find a way of being a little bit lazier and still come out looking great, you're going to take that opportunity. We knew that because, as we said right at the beginning of this, you know, we'd kind of both messed up Valentine's Day. And to be honest, if we could have 
not done any work and looked great, I'm sure we can both agree we'd have done it. And that's how we started Pip with that that initial um, motivator of of looking good and being lazy. And that's that's why all the other sessions that we spoke about, guys, kick in. So we talked in one of the earlier sessions about having the customer conversations. And when Adam and I did that, it was, okay, listen, tell us what you struggle with. And we found out that people struggled with occasions and, and, and really ended up looking bad. And that came as a, that was catalyzed by us messing up Valentine's Day. And then because of that, you know, when you think back to the session we did with Phil and Kai about branding, we spoke to those guys in very specific language. It was be the birthday hero. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Be the, uh, be the hero. I mean, that was, that was key thing. Sorry, carry on. No, no, can carry on. It was, it was, it was huge. And d- do you, do you feel that helped us get those users because we'd gone through that process of defining the, the avatar, the having the customer conversations and really targeting the branding to the people that we'd identified? How important do you see that as being for the guys that are looking to put this product together? You've got to, you've got to have your message on point. Um, I, I, actually, to be honest, I think because we had the um, we we had a great design agency who had a, a vested interest in our survival. I think because we had that team in the background, we managed to come up with this this great brand. I think that was I think that was it was in, I wouldn't say it was instrumental to the success. To be quite honest with you. Um, I think we got the messaging right. And I think the messaging, to be honest with you, the the copy, the evocative feelings that you got out of that message, I think that I think that was the key driver for for a lot of people. You know, if you see Be the Birthday Hero and you read a little bit about I mean I mean that's evocative right there, be the hero, you know. Oh, okay, well how do I how do I be the hero? You read a little bit more about what you've actually got to do and it's just to text somebody, which you do hundreds of times a day anyway. You know, I think I, I think that was a great message to give to the people. And although the brand is beautiful, the messaging I think has to be on point. For sure, yeah. And and, and Phil Phil and Kai both talk about obviously the messaging, but also one of the big things that I feel we got right. And this the reason that I'm mentioning this as well as in the branding session from earlier in the guide is because it is part of the MVP. We put this together at the product dev stage. So when we were linking Zapier to Slack and when we were using uh, the text messaging, we were also creating the marketing materials and the collateral that went out. And one of the biggest things that we used was just simple stock photography, but we knew what evoked the right emotion against the wording that we were putting on there. And I agree with you, the brand identity, the visuals, um, in terms of the logo and the ID, perhaps didn't need to quite be there. We would have still got a very similar response just with that messaging, which is all, of course, part of the brand. But the reason that I mentioned that is that when it comes to MVP stage, you've got a lot to do to put a product together to actually, even even to still work with Zapier. Yes, it's not going to take you weeks and months to get a product out and using tools that are already there enable you to do that in a day or two days or three days. But let's be honest, it's still a day two days, three days. And if you're working a job right now, if you're doing this in your spare time, you've got to be able to find that time. So it needs to be super clear, not only who you're talking to and how you're talking to them, but what those assumptions are, what you're willing to test and what's what's the least amount of work that you can do 
to completely validate whether that assumption is right or wrong. That's fair to say. Isn't yeah, it? Uh, the, the the real important part there is what's the least amount of work you can do. You know, and it, <laughs> this might sound like we're a couple of lazy guys, but you know, that's that's where you, that's where you've got to start. That's you've got to start at the beginning. You know, and at the beginning, you've got to do the very very there's the smallest amount of work to just figure out if it's right. You know, everybody everybody has this idea. You know, or a lot of people have an idea and think this is a great idea. I'm going to run with this. I'm going to do everything I can. And it's easy to get caught up in it and to let it run away with you, as we did with cavalry right at the beginning. You know, but you've really take it from us. You've got to start small. You've got to start at the very bottom line. You got you're on a ladder, and you've got to start at that bottom rung. You know, and the bottom rung will tell you everything you need to get to the next one, and so on and so forth. Um, but I think you. Hit on a good point earlier on about the avatar. So we had a we had this idea of a customer in our mind. So we'd done some um, done the mom tests. We'd spoken to the people, and from that from those mom tests, we got the commonalities of what people were struggling with. And then we drew up an avatar. So we're saying, okay, this guy is Steve from Sheffield, and he is you know he's in his mid thirties. He's got this type of employment, this type of income, you know. And we drew up everything about this guy. So literally everything, you know. He's got four hundred friends on Facebook, and and we'd we'd push the the messaging towards Steve. You know, and then for the next experiment, we might say, "Okay, this is Mindy. Mindy's. I don't know. I was, it was on Mindy. Mindy. It was on um, Netflix last night. Oh, okay. No. I thought we were going old school. Mark and Mindy. Mark and Mindy. Remember okay. that? Yeah. Wow. Mark and Mindy. I remember that episode where he brought a jeep in. Nanu, nanu. Brilliant. Um, but okay, maybe not Mindy. Maybe Sarah. We've got this uh, this other avatar, Sarah, and you know, but but. What we did was we 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 thought ahead about the kind of people that we were aiming it to, and that's that's where that's where our messaging came from is from this avatar. So I think that's a really good point. I think that's a really good thing to, to keep in your mind as well is just just mock it up, and it might feel a bit silly doing it. You might you might think, well, I'm just making up a guy here, but you're not. You sort of you're leaning on your unconscious biases that are already there, and you are sort of you're almost writing an avatar of yourself in a way, you know. Um, and that's that's not a bad thing because you then think about okay how would I react to this product how would I react to this messaging, but then the the great idea of doing an avatar is once you've done one even if that is biased towards yourself you can then do another one and you're automatically going to swerve away from the one that you just created a little bit again because of this bias you don't want things to look the same, so you then go through your messaging again so avatars are a really good point I think that's a really good thing to to, to think about and probably something that you do before before you even start hitting Zapier type stuff. Oh, for sure, yeah. And it's it's we touched on it in the customer conversation session and it's it's vital to build one up. And actually, if you want a tool, although it's not included in this guide, there's a complete tutorial. Um, if you go to Excellence Expected, so excellence-expected.com and do a search for avatar. In fact, it's excellence-expected.com forward slash avatar. There's a couple of thousand word complete tutorial on that. So grab a hold of that. It's very, uh, very, very useful. It's something that is, it feels weird to do it the first time, but if you nail it, you will, the results that you'll get from it will be so much better, much quicker. I think that's important. I think as well, being myself being a technical guy, when I was sitting down to do this, it it felt quite, it did feel unnatural to me. You know, whether you're, whether you're a technical guy or not, if you've not done this before, you've not thought about your customers in that way, it does feel, it does feel strange. But 
immediately, honestly, and, and you'll have to take my word on this, as soon as you start putting pen to paper, the ideas of who this person is just come pouring out. And you can already, you already start thinking about how your product will align to this this person's needs. Um, it, is, it is super useful to do. And it, it gives you the, the notion that even the assumptions that you're making, you will you will instantly have a gut feeling on whether or not they're even the right assumptions because you understand what that person is, which then informs the build, then informs the test. It, it really does inform everything. It really does. Like, for example, the avatar that we had, we, we had the option of building an app for PIP. We had the option of building a web interface or building a website for it. And because of our avatar, we chose that initial Zapier inclusion and text because we knew that Simon or Steve was going to be really busy and it was it, it really just defined that very first thing that we built really important to do that so okay a couple of things just to touch on them one of them which I feel sometimes really it stops me I think it stops you and I think it stops many people like us because we love products we love creating we love things is that idea that you can get paralyzed by perfection. So let's talk a little bit on why things don't have to be perfect because it feels, I remember certainly when we were talking um, about PIP in the early days, we were both a little, we were excited, but we were both a little bit uncomfortable about using services that already existed to bring our product to life because somehow, number one, it felt cheap, being frank. It felt we were kind of letting people down because we're how, how can we possibly do this? This is not fair. We're only using these free services. I feel like cheating them a little bit. You really do. and it's But, you know, the value doesn't come from, from the tech. And then the second thing is, which is the real point, is it was never going to be perfect. All we were doing were testing and assuming and testing and assuming and testing and assuming. So it didn't need to be perfect. So speak a little bit on that idea that you can get paralyzed by that perfection. How How can you overcome that and, and what are some of the mindsets that you've got to get your head around um i think this plays back to to, to the cavalry days um i i had this idea in my head um and to go back to the skateboard analogy i was going straight for the car um the problem with going straight for the car is I mean, it's a perfect way to put it, paralyzed by perfection. You know, the car is my idea of perfection and I just want to get to it and I want to get there as quick as, well, I want to get there as soon as possible, um, but it's got to be right. And it's, you know, it's it's such a shame to let that define you. You know, you've got to, you've got to just work towards that mentality and it's a difficult mentality to work towards, but... It doesn't have to be perfect because you don't know what it is yet. That's the key. Mar- that's the key thing, really. You don't know what you're building. You don't know how it's going to change. You don't know if you're going to build this product as your first experiment and you push it out to the users. You know the chance. Are, I mean, we were really lucky with Pip because we 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 got it right first time. That was only through talking to people, um, and we wanted it to be valuable. And I think that's the thing you've got to do. Don't get paralyzed by perfection. Just aim to add value. And it goes back to that adding the minimum amount of um, effort that you can do. You know, the real, real minimum viable product, if you like. Um, 
it's it's difficult. I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I think people's natural persuasion is just to build something that's in the head. Um, but you've 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 got to shift your mindset. You know, you've got to just bring it bring it down, rein it in, figure out what you're trying to prove, and just you've got to get happy hacking. And I don't mean hacking like you see on the NSA. I mean you've got to get happy hacking as though you're hacking something together through Zapier. You've got to be all right using these tools that are out there because they're really going to help you. You know, they're, re they're really going to drive the, they're going to help you work out what the value is that you're adding to customers. Is it Reed Hoffman? And I'm going to paraphrase wildly. Was it Reed Hoffman that said, if, you, if you're not embarrassed by your first product, then you waited too long? Is it Reed Hoffman? I don't know if it is actually. Someone of that ilk, isn't yeah. it? That's definitely, 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 definitely built a product yeah. that does well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, it, we weren't massively embarrassed by it, though, were we? I mean, we weren't embarrassed by Pip as it, as it turned out. Maybe, maybe we should have done, you know, or sorry, maybe we should have been because, you know, it was, it was cheap and it took 10 minutes. But the end result was something that, People loved and people paid for. You know, it was a free product, but people would pay us, you know, to to get things sorted out. And um, and yeah, maybe we should have been a bit embarrassed about it, but but we were we we just completely made that switch in our minds to let's just get out there. I think the interface was a, a big deal with that. I think had it been anything other than text, we wouldn't have had the results that we'd massive because the like you can't screw up text too badly the only thing you can do is typos yeah and you know we did a few of those but you know you're not designing an interface you're not designing a, a any kind of visual layer to it you're already familiar that's it that's that's the thing with text messaging and that's i think that's one of the things that um that that gave us the push it you know apart from the really high 90 response rates it was familiar everybody i mean my mum and dad text you know I, everybody i know text apart from my grandma because she's got arthritis yeah so it was a, it was a familiar medium and that's what that's that's what pushed us down that avenue um but we we yeah i think we probably were a little bit embarrassed by it but it was just it was it was pretty perfect you know it was it was it was right up there with what people expected it to be that's a good point expectations because of the text layer because of that interface that familiarity that lack of an app, you know, the invisible nature. Invisible apps are big, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You just didn't need to do anything other than the things that you'd naturally yeah. already do. People always thought we were robots as well, didn't they? Yeah, they really did. And then we started having a bit of a laugh with them and really going super personal on the on, on the way that we spoke to people. And that I think that's when people start to become real advocates of the service like that as well, because they understand that it's a person sat there, which is massive. It is. <laughs> it was quite funny because that was one of the biggest, the, you know, it wasn't a service where you could really ask questions, you know, apart from can you sort me out a restaurant, that kind of thing. But you would never try and converse with it. But customers were conversing with us. There were, I mean, you know, people were giving us nicknames. So obviously the, the service was called PIP, you know, and when you text into PIP, you get your own PIP replying to you, sorting your stuff out. But people were giving us nicknames. Remember that people were calling us, you know, also I mean, good nicknames like Babu, and it was great. It was, re yeah, it was really good. Yeah, we got that actually. And 
and again, I think that was the fami- familiar nature of the service. You know, people would text their friends and, 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 and Pip almost became a friend to them. And this is all from an experiment. That's a beautiful way of defining that it is just from an experiment. That idea that we just, like that was the early stuff. That was just one, let's just test this thing. And the, the big takeaway that I want you guys to get from this is the idea that we even though we had the idea for Pip, we didn't know what it was going to be. And so many people have this idea for a product and in their mind, it's one thing. And you mentioned earlier on, Adam, about this MVP, this first build of it being the first rung on the ladder. What it also does is it makes sure you're on the right ladder. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're on the wrong ladder, you've got to get off it quickly and it's easier to get off it on rung one than it is right at the top. Exactly. And that's what these experiments, help you, like you just said, that's what the experiments help you figure out. Is it the right ladder? You know, if it's not, you you jump off and you move on to the next one. You know, make sure you're in the right jungle. What? You not heard that phrase? Make sure you're in the right jungle. Yeah. No. I'm not going to go through. But basically, it's it's like I think it's a bit of a fable. Um, I first said it in one of Robert Kelsey's books, um, where there's a bunch of people slashing through a jungle, and then they're just slashing aimlessly through this jungle, just making progress. And somebody jumps upon the top of a ladder and says, "We're in the wrong jungle." I have heard that. That is in. I think it is in one of Robert's books. That actually, I have. I have heard that, but never use it. That's going in the vocab now. Actually, see, well played. I'm learning. Yeah. So, but that's what you got to do. You know, that's what you, that's what these experiments help you choose. And the thing is, to go back to your earlier question, which I didn't, I don't really feel I answered about. You know, how do you define what these experiments should be and and, and where to start? You've got your own bias about where you should start. Why not just start there? Because it's an experiment. You might strike it lucky. This might turn out to be the best place to start. The chances are, and, and you know, you need to think about this, the chances are it's going to be the wrong experiment. But that's exactly what an experiment's for. You know, you don't just give up after the first failure. You don't, you shouldn't give up after the 10th failure. You know, if you keep trying these little small experiments to prove how it works, um, you know, and the people want, want it and people find it valuable, you, you you're going to get the following that you want, you know, whether that's a a podcast, you know, if your first experiment is pushing out a little intro um, podcast somewhere, fine. That's a great little experiment. You spent 30 quid on a mic, might not be the best mic, but you're testing it. If it's a blog, you try the subject that you think you're interested in. Maybe you need for your next experiment. If that didn't work, you need to get some guest bloggers in as well. You know, there are lots of little different things, but I think to answer the question properly, you've got to just start with the experiments. You've got to start somewhere. So just start with the first thing that comes to your mind and test it. Definitely. And, and to sort of hark back to, uh, or certainly pull on a, a similar thread to what we, we discussed in the customer conversation session is people are going to tell you in those conversations that your baby is ugly and experimenting is going to show you that your baby is ugly. And you, I think by, by being so close to the product you have to try and separate yourself from that because that will keep you if you don't believe that your baby's ugly you will stay on the wrong ladder and that's a really important thing i think yeah you've got to listen to your customer feedback 100 percent. and and i suppose that's quite challenging as well i mean um i remember many times uh myself and mark would go and sit down with um, investors and mentors back in the cavalry days and they would tell us something and because I'd worked on cavalry for so long, God, I was offended by it. I mean, you could see it on my face. I was just, <laughs> I mean, I, there's somebody sat there in front of you telling you that this idea is not going to work. You're, you're heading down the wrong path. You need to think think about how you'd add value in other ways. And you're just like, no, you're just not getting it. You're just not getting it. And Mark could sit there and he'd 
he'd he'd nod along, he'd make notes, and then we'd come out the session. I'd rant and rave, and Mark would say, "Yeah, but have you thought?" about doing it like this have we thought about how we can take it down this avenue have we thought about how we could end up here but still have the same end goal in mind and and you kind of needed that you kind of need somebody to just say look mate actually your baby is a little bit ugly um change your tact that's a really good point that idea as well that you are you have to maintain focus my baby's not ugly, by the way. Your baby is beautiful. My 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 daughter. She she's is not, beautiful. She, thank you. She is beautiful, but and she's cute as well. You must get that from her mum. She's mate. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea that you've got to focus on the value and the solution, not the product per se, and and, and that sounds a really weird thing to say because it is all about product. But what I'm trying to get at with that is that there can be different variations and versions of the product. As long as you're aiming towards solving the right problem for the right people with the right value, kind of how you do that is dictated by how they are going to want that problem solved and what they're actually going to use, which again, it always circles back to avatar, customer conversation, experiments, doesn't it? You can't get away from that. Yeah, you need to you need to define who you're, who you're aiming it towards. But I think, again, you know, as you've just said, it needs to be the right value that you're giving to people. You know, if you're just saving somebody a fiver a year, not good value, really. You know, especially if they've got to change their um, the default behaviours. I mean, again, coming back to Pip, this is another reason why I think Pip worked really well because we weren't changing anybody's default behaviour. Whereas with cavalry, and I still do think that there's a good business there in cavalry. We just need to think about about how we marry up using cavalry with people's default behaviours. Um, and 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 currently, uh, or at least in its last iteration, we weren't doing that. You know, we were trying to change how people are used to working um you know so so think about that i mean you know the right value is making things seem pretty seamless you know if you've got a website if you've got a blog you know maybe we, you want to be looking at the kind of people who spend the first hour of the day you know reading up on on the subjects that they're interested in or you know reading at the lunchtime instead of just people who never read blogs you know similar with podcasters you know you want to be hitting people who actually have an interest in seeking that sort of stuff out yeah it's, it's definitely giving them what they need when they need it isn't it that that's an important the right i mean the right value is the way the right way to put it for sure yeah yeah definitely the right value the right time right place it's it and, and through the right methods as well and i think that again back to pip the text messaging channel which was free you know, so any of you guys that are thinking about creating product, creating a service, looking to start your own business, leave what you're currently doing and setting this thing up on the side. Just think about, again, back to the avatar, what's the first thing that you can test with that and what's the quickest and easiest way that you can test that? And only then build something that will enable you to test that and use as much as possible, I think just to sort of underscore this, use as much as possible things that already exist for free in this first iteration that's a that's a fair sort of way to end that isn't it yeah definitely there's so many services out there that you can use that you can piggyback onto to get started that you'd be surprised how many large scale um services out there large scale products out there have <coughs> excuse me have gone have gone about it this way they've all they've all started with something that's not proprietary 
you know, I mean, that's what you want to be aiming towards at the end. You know, it's, it's you know, whether you're writing or you're blogging, you want to be using proprietary stuff or you want to be, uh, certainly if it's a technology platform, you want to be writing your own stuff. But that's that's not for a long way down the line. So many people out there already have started the exact same way that we've talked about with PIP, using services and cobbling them together. And it will feel like you're cobbling, you are cobbling, but it's the right path to go down. Love it. Right, we'll stick a pin in that there. That is a pile of value. We've just got everything covered there. Is there anything that you want to add as a final footnote? Anything, any one takeaway or tip that you think people should focus on? Um, going back to going back to how we did things um, with this lean, lean iteration, I think it's just, I think people will struggle with the mindset of cobbling things together, but you, you've got to really work at that. And if you can get into the mind of just, really starting simple so the real the, the key takeaway that i should give people is start super super simple so simple that it that it almost doesn't feel right start really simple really small and fully expect and almost almost enjoy failing an experiment because all it means is that you've learned something else you've learned the just another way of not doing something does that make sense? It does, yeah. It, it, it keeps you on the path and brings you closer to how you should be doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That is perfect. Well, thank you very much, dude. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Beautiful. Love you. Love you. You see, you don't need to spend a fortune. You know, all of this kind of reasoning, all of these worries that we have about it costing a fortune to put together our first product or take our ideas out of our heads and move them into production. All of those worries about finance, actually can probably be mitigated by using some of the techniques and the mindsets that we just spoke about during that session. So that is the fifth session of the Straight Talking Guide to launching your first product. And the next session, session six, is all about how to create a launch plan that generates the attention of the media. And I'm joined on that session by one of the world's premier startup PR specialists. This is the perfect way to get your product the attention that it deserves. So before you move to session six, don't forget, grab a hold of the free resource that comes with this session, session five, from excellence-expected.com. That is completely free, as are all of the resources pertinent to this guide. So go grab them, excellence-expected.com. I'm gonna see you in session six, and don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel.